Hi everyone, it's Paola Diana and this is Unleashed the Game Changers. Today's guest is one of my dear friends, Tessie de Nassau. She's a social entrepreneur, she's the kindest person that I know. She's very hardworking and she's an international speaker and a mother of two beautiful princes. Tessie, thank you for being here. Good morning, Paula. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, seriously. I always wanted to interview you, by the way, because you interviewed me for my book and you were great. You're a great host and I know that you're also launching your own podcast. You know, I'm fascinated about uh, your life because you went through a lot. You have this uh, amazing career. You went through being in the military forces, becoming a princess, and then now being a social entrepreneur. So all in 31 years, 32? Actually, I'm 33 for yeah. three days. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah. so happy birthday in advance. Thank you you so really did a lot in only 33 years, seriously. So well done. I'm such a fan and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you will do incredible things in the next 30 years for sure or even more. So, so now you're living in London. Yes. But can we know a little bit more about your childhood? So my childhood was really a childhood of, um, well, a dream childhood, if I may say like that. I grew up uh, during the week because I was uh, schooled in the city where okay. my parents worked. So my father was a politician, is still involved in politics, had his own business. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, so I was very lucky that she was be that she was able to do that specifically today, in our times. I know, mostly it's difficult. Dad and mom need yeah. to work. Um, I had a forest behind my house. Had my huts in the forest. The tree houses that I oh. built were driving skateboard. Um, and on the weekends, I lived on a farm next to my grandmother. There was a farm. I had my cow, tractor, um, chickens, cats, everything you can imagine. What a life. So, um, so I loved it. Yes. Really nice. Very sheltered. Luxembourg is very safe. And um, so I, I had the opportunity and I had the luck, really, because I think it's luck where you're born um, to grow up in a country that is so involved with uh, children's education and making children feel safe. That's beautiful. Every country should be like this one. Exactly. How did you enter in the military forces uh, when you were 18? Yes, a little bit earlier than 18 actually. So I had uh, the instruction booth camp um, a little bit before where they singled out the people that would then do the booth camp, which was at 17 and a half with my twin brother. Um, well, I was always a woman that liked and still likes to challenge the status quo, just do something different. That's why I like you, <laughs> by the, the way, you yeah. With your craft maga and everything, I have huge respect for that. Um, but it was, it's just, I was always very sporty, loved to spend time with my twin brother. My sister was in the military at the same time already, and so she has passed through the system in the military. And in Luxembourg, when you are in the military, after you leave, you can do exams as everyone else, but you get priority right for the government works. I don't know. And the government works are quite uh, loved because you get mm. specific benefits and everything. And so, uh, yeah, my father mentioned it to me. My twin brother left. And so he, so he said, well, we good if you could go too. Why don't you go? So your father... And I did it. Yes. So, uh, so he wasn't making any distinction between his uh, baby girl and his boy, you know? No. So you were the same, equal. Yes. Absolutely equal. My father loves us all equally, even though I'm obsessed with my father. I think he's the most amazing man in the world and I love spending time with him. And I, 
I really... He's Italian. I became, yes. He's Let's Italian. say that. He is Italian. <laughs> Loud and clear. <laughs> Full-blooded Italian. <laughs> so if I, am, if I am a little bit jealous in my relationship, for example, it is definitely from him that I have that. <laughs> oh, um, be careful. But uh, no, he's the most wonderful man. He's very kind. He works uh, in politics. Yeah, no, he's really, he's, he's my role model and has always been. So um, we have so been lucky. very close and through the military, I even grow closer to him. Because while I was in the military, I was obviously deployed then very early. And uh, when I was deployed, I was 18 and a half, something like that, to Kosovo as the only woman of my draft. The first time away from my parents. And also very, very quickly, because there was uprisings in, in Yugoslavia and Kosovo, that we were forced to be sent early. Mm -hmm. My father was terrified. He was so terrified and it was so beautiful for me to see that my father would go the extra mile to make sure I'm safe. Because he said, if there's anything, you call me, I will come with my motorbicycle and pick you up. Oh, and that amazing. I will never forget that he said that to me. And it was just that really engraved the bond of adults. Because from there I was not his baby girl anymore. From before that I was living at home. I was never really away from my parents. I never really took a holiday without my parents before that. And so I went from being sheltered like that to living in the military, being deployed yeah, as the change. only woman at the age of, age of 18 and a half. So um, yeah, we became uh, well done. very close then. And it was dangerous there in Kosovo? Did you ever felt uh, that your life was in danger? I felt about it, I felt it a few times. So it's obviously not uh, Syria or anything comparable to that at all, of honestly, course. because it was a peacekeeping mission. And Luxembourg, they try to keep you already quite safe because I think for a small country as Luxembourg to have a military die in a mission would be really destructive for the military. Of course. Um, so, um, no, we are already very safe in itself as of a definition of how we are deployed. We're really just there to do logistics and do some uh, work with the Belgian French. important to do yes. peacekeeping is very, very important. Exactly. So. But the thing was, um, as I was the only woman, I was also sent to the mountains with the men to search on the woman, for example, because a man was not allowed to touch a woman, which is normal. Yeah. And so I was already involved in a very, very big... Um, but that's why we need more women, you know, we in the military forces, because they can uh, talk and, uh, you know, uh, interact with the communities in a much better way. You know? Exactly. So. We need more women. I had as well that uh, we were at a checkpoint by a bridge, a very strategic bridge. Um, and all of a sudden I was outside, um, obviously secured with my bulletproof vest and everything. And then someone was screaming, there's a sniper. So there was a sniper on the other side of the building. Um, because obviously, as a military, as in any country, people don't always want you there because it's their country. Yeah. And um, even though we're there to maintain peace, it's not our country. And so, um, yeah, that was one situation like that or um, another military who tried to uh, sexually assault me. Um, oh so I needed to defend myself. I think there's all of what these... What did you do? I, I literally, I, I gave him a collapse in his nose and it, it was very painful for him. But it was for me, it was not a big deal because I, w I knew what to do. I had the education, but that's why I speak up about it now, sexual violence in conflict, which is often a weapon of war, but also practiced between the military, man with man, man with woman, woman towards man as well. And I think uh, that's a stereotype we need to talk more 
Absolutely. And you're doing such a great exactly. job. And I, and I, I want to give confidence to all of these other women that experience that to speak up, yeah. defend themselves. Um, and uh, because I think we're still a long way from that. Because it's, it's, a, it's a shameful topic, isn't it? I know. When you're being humiliated like that yeah, yeah. Um, to talk about it. So um, I try with my story um, and through also my fellow advocates and power women such as yourself to give confidence to other women to be the woman they want to be. That's beautiful. I, I love what you do. And, and seriously, this is my passion life as well, you know. So I need, we need more women like us, you know, really, really advocating for other women in every part of the world, not only here in the UK. And this is what you do. But before going there, I would love you to talk about also your love story, because I know you had like a fairy tale love story when, again, you were in the military. Yes. So what happened? So I was in the military. I just came back from Kosovo. So no, I did not meet my ex-husband in deployment, as all of the tabloids were saying since 15 years. Okay. It's like the story. No, we didn't meet in, in the mission. I met his father, okay. which is, he's a lovely man. I love him very much and he's very missed. I really miss him. He's a great, great, great leader and uh, very loved at home as well. Um, so I met him while uh, checking his eyes. So he came to the oh. military because <laughs> as, as a royal family member, they have the priority right to do their driving license in the military. Okay. Uh, which it goes faster and they get the full attention and it's more private as well. And I, after deployment, had the choice of going wherever I wanted, the combat unit, um, logistic unit, uh, or uh, many others and the nursing units. So like the infirmerie, they called yeah. it. And I always wanted to study medical. I always wanted to be a vet. And uh, as I had a cow and all of these other things when I was a child. That's <laughs> so beautiful. Um, I love this story. So yeah, I, I met him there and I checked his eyes. And he was a bit cheeky. And I said to him, I would, uh, I would let him pass if we would meet for tea. But I was, of course, joking. And, uh, and he was laughing. He was we very had, happy about that. <laughs> yes. We had just that incredible chemistry from the second we met. Like it was just, it was, he was, I was drawn to him and he was drawn to me. Like it was beautiful. Even though we got divorced, it was meant to be that we were together and that we had these two beautiful boys. And uh, so, yeah, it was just a magical moment when I met him. It was an amazing love story. It yes. was love at first sight, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. 100% for both of us. Oh, that's beautiful. And I'm sure divorce uh, was hard, but it's hard for everyone, you know, and, and it doesn't mean that uh, it wasn't real love or it wasn't, you know, something very special. Exactly. I, well, I think, you know, when you get divorced, divorce is not something you do overnight. You think about it. There's triggers. Sure. There's situations that bring it to the divorce. For us, you know, we, 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 we got married very young. We were 20. 21 and um, we had kids very young so we were forced to be responsible adults since a very young age it's hard when it's i really see hard. other kids i call them kids when they're 20 yeah. because i look at them and i imagine myself already being a mother and being married like me i was the same exactly and it's just you know um it's a great responsibility and we did really well we really, we, against all odds, were married for almost 11 years. Um, and it was really, it was fantastic. And when we got divorced, it was also important for me to share the message with my children that, yes, we got divorced, 
but that doesn't mean that I love your daddy anything less. Sure. Or he loves me anything less. It's just love has changed. It's a different love. We still respect each other. We still are very good friends. And we still share the responsibility of both our boys. The most important And raise thing. them together. Yeah. With love, compassion, respect, kindness, understanding. And so, um, yeah, I think... Uh, but I have a huge respect for that, you know? <laughs> huge respect, seriously. I, I'm a divorced woman as well, but I, I think that uh, it's better to get divorced instead of living, you know, in a prison or living, you know, a miserable life. Like, unfortunately, many other couples, you know, do. So... You, do, you don't do a favor to your child. Yeah. Because children, they feel you. Yeah. And when they see that there's something wrong, but they don't know what because you don't tell them, then later that will have an effect on how they live their own lives. Exactly. Because it must be something in them. They must feel maybe I'm awkward or yeah. maybe I'm feeling something which is not real. Yeah. So they confuse their own emotions after. And I think it's not fair on them. I agree, 100%. Exactly. Also because if you also live this fake life, like, you know, we know, I mean, m many people, they just have mistresses, you know, and yeah. other boyfriends uh, apart. But <laughs> children, they can understand that. Simba. <laughs> Beautiful cat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's a presence here. He, he loves me. Huh? He's not leaving my side, my bodyguard for today. Yes, he loves you, really. But yeah, no, it's true. But it's anyway, really yeah. true. Kids, you know, They're we so raise more intelligent leaders. than exactly. what we think. They exactly. can understand everything. I always told to my daughter, she's like an MI6, you know, <laughs> agent, because she can understand everything, you know, even if I whisper, you know, on the phone. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. They have these yeah. uh, built-in satellites. Yeah, totally. Uh, which, uh, <laughs> and also, I think they need to see us happy, you yes. know, because when people, they have to fake, you know, a life, uh, when they have to hide, uh, when they cannot express themselves, uh, I, I think they're not happy. How can you be happy, you know? So, I mean, it's very bad for your children, you know, to live like that. And I know you have an amazing lifestyle. Your children love to spend time with you. They come with you, you know, wherever you go. A lot. When you have to speak. They're Gabriel. learning so much from you. Exactly. Gabriel, he just came to the um, 15th Chinese Entrepreneur Convention where I was speaking. And it was fantastic because not only he came, he came not only did he participate with me, but also while I was preparing my speech, there was my Chinese friends and they were leaving, obviously, to do their own thing. And he said, OK, mom, I'm going with them. He has never met these people before. Amazing. And it was all men. And I said, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to explore. I'm going to see what they're doing. Like so confident. And I think if you have the chance to take your kids to work or if you have the chance to travel with your kids to different conferences as well. Yeah. It's a big asset to them. It is. I know not everyone can do that, but if you can, they why should. not? They should. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we should really change the way we work, you know, because yeah, nowadays women they're also forced to just work eight hours or more per day, you know, without their children all the time, and even you know fathers as well. And so I think it would be much better if they could bring their children sometimes, you know, of course if they're well behaved, like your children. But, uh, oh, well, we have our moments too, huh? I'm, I'm not gonna... They, are they look incredible like angels boys. to me, I tell you the truth. <laughs> they are incredible boys, but from time to time, they're really pulling my leg as well. Huh? For example, we came back with the plane from Luxembourg, and for literally from the moment we were, we were in the car to the moment we were in the car in London, Gabriel specifically was driving me nuts. Oh, yeah. I said to him, Gabriel, you must stop talking now. I said, you really... <laughs> 
pulling my leg. So they have, they are like kids as well. Okay, they're humans. Yes, exactly. Okay. They are very, they are very involved, but they also, I want them to remain kids as well. Yeah, yeah they have, they need to have fun, of course. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. But tell me more about what are you doing right now with your new uh, social enterprise? Because this is also something very unique and huge, you know, because you decided to start your own company. Yes. To be independent. Exactly. Well, firstly, that was the most terrifying moment, really, for a long time. Not ever, but for a long time. Because I think when you're a single mom of two kids, to take that extra step, as you know, well, I hear you so exactly. much. Oh my God, you know, I'm the same, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. So I started by my own. I was terrified as well. Exactly. To, to really just say, okay, I will have less money now for a while, but I know it's going to work. I know I need to do this for myself because it will give me more time with the kids and um, all of these different decisions you need to take. You work like my work week this week. I'm absolutely well as every week, really and weekends. I work around 11 hours a day like it's just well done. constant. And um, so this afternoon, for example, when I'm done with my working day, it's Friday today um, at two, three o'clock. I will just call it a day and go home and spend some time with my kids, just some quality time yeah, after this week. Yeah, it's very important. Um, but yeah, as an entrepreneur, that is what it is. Um, you get out what you put in. And at the beginning, that is what it needs to it's be. It's really hard. At the beginning, it's the hardest. Exactly. And so my, my company, what I'm trying to do is, it's a consultancy. It works on impact CSR, on women inclusion and education. Beautiful. So it's really about, to give an example, maybe to really see what it is, um, Montessori uh, International is my client, so that's for education part. Then I have Vodafone Foundation, that's for the woman inclusion part, Vodafone Foundation Luxembourg. For the inclusion part, because it's girls in STEM, innovation fairs, um, um, disabilities as well, which then comes in the impact. So impact is, for example, KPMG New Zealand and the Prime Minister of New Zealand, who just hired me for a project in, in uh, well, very soon. So amazing. In New Zealand as I well. I love it. Are you going so, to New um, Zealand soon? Yes, I'm going in a few weeks time. Beautiful. And uh, it's just, yeah, I launched my company six months ago. Finding Butterflies? Finding Butterflies Consultancy. I love the name. And uh, thank you. Well, the name was uh, because after my divorce, everyone called me Princess Butterflies and uh, Butterfly. And uh, strangers would send me these butterflies. And as my divorce was finalized in April this year, I thought to myself, why not launch the company now? So I, I actually registered it in May because I thought I'm not creating something new when you're still in the yeah, old. I understand. And, um, and so, yeah, that is... Uh, but this is a, your new life. That is what happened, exactly. Finding butterflies and it complements as well, really well, my foundation, Professors Without Borders. Of course, and you do such an amazing job with your foundation. Can you tell us more about that? Of course. So Professor Bordes is a uh, NGO, hopefully soon charity. So we just had a long four-hour meeting with your charity commission. And it's a long process. Um, it's, it's a difficult. very long process. And it's important yeah. because, you know, it needs to be credible. It needs to have sure. all of the liabilities already. It needs to be transparent. So I do understand that the charity commission is doing that, and I think it's needed for everything. Um, so um, my, my foundation is about um, reversing the brain drain. We're working in Sierra Leone at the moment, Uganda, Senegal, Thailand and India, growing by wow, the year. Oh, it's growing, yeah. Where we uh, hire teachers 
uh, for two weeks in their holidays to come and teach summer schools where we take care of everything for them and they give us their time because I think time is the most valuable commodity sure. we have in life. The, the moments we spend together and the moments our listeners and, and uh, the people are watching this podcast as well, they will never get back. That's true. And so it's really valuable to spend your time um, and think about what you're doing in life and spend it well. And learning. And learning, exactly. The most important thing, learning. Keep learning at every age. Exactly. I think the day we stop learning, we're dying. Yes, um, 100%. You know, if the brain doesn't work anymore, then that's when you stop learning. I know that you started learning now Arabic. Is that correct? Yes. I admire you so much because seriously, in I the evenings, <laughs> oh, it's so hard. I love I'm it. I'm sure it but, is hard. Oh, it must be so, so difficult. Like yesterday evening when I went because I'm going Tuesdays and Thursdays to university evenings, and as my my work is so demanding and my foundation and I'm a UN ambassador as well and I'm a patron to many charities and board members, so I do so many things and of course my kids on the top of everything. Um, I went to university yesterday evening. I was so exhausted. I'm sure. I literally was counting the minutes of my class to be over because I thought my head is exploding and it's a very accelerated course. So it's beginners one, two and intermediate one within 10 weeks. So it's really like I'm at week four starting next week wow. and I can already read and write the whole alphabet and uh, I can already read. So um, it's very, very, very fast, but I love it. Well done. And I always wanted to do that. I think it's also important in life that you set yourself a, a goal always, yeah. a bucket and list. You raise your, your bar. the bar really high. Yes. Yeah. And that was my to-do list on the bucket list for a very long time because I love the Amazing. Middle East and I love the language. Oh my God, I admire you so much, seriously. And you also do everything with a smile on your face, kindness, always kind with everyone. Uh, this is really beautiful. Well, I'm trying. Yeah. Again, you know. You're succeeding. I love, yeah. I love what I'm doing. <laughs> and I spend my time the way I want it because it's my time. That's the most important thing. So why thing. wouldn't I smile, yeah. right? If I would cry, then I'd rather not do what I'm doing. Absolutely. Yes. So Tessie, now we have the final five questions. Perfect. Yeah, so please try ready. to answer as fast as you can. Perfect. What have you learned from your past relationship? To be patient. If you were a superhero, what would be your superpower? Languages. You have already this. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. <laughs> you are a superhero. <laughs> Tell us the truth. What is your spirit animal? Phoenix. Oh my God, I love this. I really like the phoenix. You can reborn, regenerate. Exactly. What's one thing people would never know about you just by looking at you? I play saxophone. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is the meaning of life? To be happy. To be happy and to really make it worthwhile. It's really important. Yes. Happiness. We all yeah. have to pursue happiness. That's exactly. True. Right, Simba? Yeah, <laughs> he does. <laughs> he totally does. Oh, he's yeah. You know, I think we should all learn from our pets many times because they only want to give. You know, they're so generous. They're full of love and they don't expect anything, you know, in return, except for some food and water exactly. and, and love as well. So. Exactly. 
That's beautiful. No, thank you very much for sharing your life and your story. I know you have so much more to say. Uh, so I hope you can come back soon. Of course, to tell of course. us uh, about the amazing adventures that you also have uh, on your bucket list. Because I know you have something in mind and you didn't share. <laughs> Always, but the no. same for you. <laughs> of we course. just continuously. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't keep up, you know, exactly. with our plans and projects. That's beautiful. But yeah, I, I really, really admire you. I'm such a fan and I also love that you're real. So you don't only advocate for women and girls, but, uh, you know, when you speak, but you do it in real life. So you always try to help your sisters because actually we are sisters at the sorority. Yes. So I really That's how feel, we met. Yeah. It's fantastic. And I really feel I can count on you even if we can't really talk every day, you know. Yes. And I hope you can have the same, you know, feeling. I have the same feeling towards you. I think you are the most incredible woman. You're very inspirational. You are if I may say like that, you are a real badass. <laughs> I try my because, best. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you box, you do all of these martial arts. You are an elegant, feisty businesswoman, but you're also a loving mother. I met both of your children. They are so well raised. They are so capable. They are so balanced. And it's all thanks to you, your friends around you. You make us really feel special. I love your energy. Oh, thank you, darling. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just really happy to have you. I love you. Thank you for being here, seriously. It's such a uh, thank you, Paula, pleasure. for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for watching Unleash the Game Changers. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let me know your comments. Uh, let me know who do you think I might interview the next time. And also please share via all your social media. And don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.